from the rule of our Holy Father St. Benedict, chapter the 26th, De Iisquisine Usione Abatis Lunguntur Excommunicatis, of those who without leave of the abbot consort with the excommunicate. If any brother presume, without the abbot's leave, to hold any intercourse whatever with an excommunicated brother, or to speak with him, or to send him a message, let him incur the same punishment of excommunication. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. St. Benedict knows that in every monastic community there are busybodies, brothers who interfere in the disciplinary decisions of the abbot. These are, as a rule, one of three types. There are three types of monastic busybodies. There is the sentimental type, who sees everything in terms of subjective feelings, and who is easily moved to a false compassion. Second, there is the type who sympathizes with the excommunicated brother because he harbors a secret attachment to the very sin for which the brother is being punished. And third, there is the type who is critical of all the abbot's decisions and who convinced that he knows more, that he knows better, that he sees more clearly, systematically seeks to undermine whatever the abbot does. In such a matter, St. Benedict follows Cassian's policy. Cassian writes in the Institutions, if one of them has been suspended from prayer for some fault which he has committed, no one has any liberty of praying with him before he performs his penance on the ground and reconciliation and pardon for his offence has been publicly granted to him by the abbot before all the brethren. For by a plan of this kind, they separate and cut themselves off from fellowship with him in prayer for this reason, because they believe that one who is suspended from prayer is, as the apostle says, delivered unto Satan. And if anyone, moved by an ill-considered affection, <coughs> dares to hold communion with him in prayer before he has been received by the elder, he makes himself partaker of his damnation and delivers himself up of his own free will to Satan, to whom the other had been consigned for the correction of his guilt. And in this, he falls into a more grievous offense, because by uniting with him in fellowship, either in talk or in prayer, he gives him grounds for still greater arrogance, and only encourages <coughs> and makes worse the obstinacy of the offender. For by giving him a consolation that is only hurtful, this is very perspicacious of Cashin. He, he's masterfully, um, he has masterful insights into human psychology, and so he recognizes um, that there can be such a thing as a consolation that is hurtful. He says, for by giving him a consolation that is only hurtful, 
he will make his heart still harder. And do not let him humble himself for the fall for which he was excommunicated. And through this, he will make him hold the elder's rebuke as of no consequence and harbor deceitful thoughts about satisfaction and absolution. So chapter 26 is the application of uh, Cashin's teaching in the Institutions, book 2, chapter 16. It sometimes happens that an external confessor, and I have explained um, recently that it is not normal for there to be a regular external confessor in a monastery of men, a monastery of women it would be, but in a monastery of men, uh, the, the normal arrangement is for the external confessor to come at the embertides. It sometimes happens that an external confessor, unaware of the abbot's reasons for treating a brother with apparent rigor, and misled by the penitent's one-sided account of the situation, will side with the offending brother against the decision of the abbot. The effects of this sort of interference in the abbot's government and in the life of the community can be particularly divisive. Blessed Schuster warns against this sort of thing and affirms that the external confessors of monks must be well-chosen and enlightened priests who will not be manipulated by their penitents into taking positions at odds with the teaching and practice of the abbot. It can also happen that news of the abbot's decisions with regards to an offending brother may reach the ears of meddlesome outsiders, especially in this age of the internet. Uh, an indiscretion on the internet uh, becomes uh, news uh, that uh, is diffused in an uncontrolled manner. Uh, these outsiders, knowing neither the rule of St. Benedict nor the mind of the abbot, may approach or communicate with the excommunicated brother with sympathy, advice, and even little gifts. Such persons should be told charitably but firmly to mind their own business. So we have to be very uh, discreet with regard to persons from the outside. This especially with regard to um, the brother in the gatehouse, um, not to uh, give um, too much information uh, to people and not to speak of the internal affairs of the community. Um, that, that can lead to all sorts of untoward complications. St. Benedict rightly expects that all members of the community will trust the abbot's assessment of a brother's fault and stand behind the abbot's disciplinary measures. As for outsiders, clerical or lay, their unenlightened interference in the abbot's government, even when done with good intentions, can only foment division and delay the sin-sick brother's healing and reconciliation. Um, happily, 
and I thank God for this in our community. Um, charity, uh, charity reigns, and this is my prayer that we will always uh, be lovers of the brethren and of the place, uh, and that we will always be um, marked by uh, a great fraternal charity. That really is the litmus test of any one brother's uh, monastic virtue. His charity, his fraternal charity, his patience, his readiness to go the extra mile. And as I've explained so many times before, charity uh, produces unity. And where there is unity, there will be fruitfulness. Where there is no charity, there is no unity. Where there is no unity, there's sterility. And um, we see this, um, there is a, a kind of um, spiritual sterility uh, when a community stops growing, stops producing, um, when the fruits of the Holy Ghost are scant and small in a community. It can be traced back to a want of unity, and the want of unity can be traced back a want of charity.